Welcome to Parkview On The Go. I'm Nathan, Parkview's online pastor, and I'm glad you're here. We're the kind of church that will do anything we can to help you get to know Jesus because we believe following him is the best kind of life. So if at any point during our time together, or even later this week, you start thinking, man, I feel like I want to start taking steps toward Jesus, but I'm not sure how, just go to parkvchurch.com slash next steps and fill out the short next steps form. That form just makes it easy for you to start a conversation with us. And today, Pastor Tim is kicking off our brand new teaching series called Crazy Stupid Love, and then I'll be back at the end to close us out. Enjoy the service. Hey, I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, uh, is that your candy, Apple Rad, 70s Mustang? No, it's not. I wish it was. I'm working on it. Um, I, I'm here to talk about alignment, okay? I uh, used to have a car that I loved, an Oldsmobile that I drove uh, in college that, um, man, it was a cool car. It actually had bucket seats that rotated as you got out. I don't know why or why anybody thought that was a good idea, but it was kind of fun. Um, it, it also uh, had trouble staying in alignment, and I didn't really know. You know, I went off to college four hours away. I didn't really know much about alignment. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that it tended to pull, you know, one direction a lot. So I just kind of got used to pulling that direction a lot, you know, and I just you, you got to always use your left hand. Maybe you got a car that's like that right now and you're like, I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to keep put, keep doing this. So let me let me give you from experience. OK, if you don't fix the alignment, there are bigger problems that are going to happen along the way. Okay, and I just need you to understand that when you're in a relationship, this can be marriage, it can be whatever, there are two tires. And if they're not aligned very well, they're going to wear down the wrong way. They're going to they're going to wear out parts that are way more expensive than going in and just getting them aligned. OK, and, and the problem is, you know, if you've got two different tires that are going the wrong direction, you're going to be pulling at it and it's not going to be the kind of ride that you wish that you had. That's what we're talking about. How do we stay in alignment? I try to do the same thing with alignment in the relationships in my life. Both wheels rolling in the same direction, aligned the same way, not up on their edges so things are squirrely going around the corners, but the ride of a relationship that, that feels like it's supposed to. And here's what I know about alignment. What you notice about alignment is when you're going slow or when you're going fast right? If you're going really slow, that's when you can start to really feel that things are out of alignment and when you're going really fast. And so, you know, like for a lot of years, we've been going really fast, right? And then 2020 hit and we've been going kind of slow. And some of you are feeling this right now, aren't you? You're kind of feeling the, uh, hmm, maybe there's some alignment problems that's going on. Listen, I'm no relationship expert, but I would love to help you with this. Yeah. I did not pay $2,000 for these gloves. I know you're wondering. Um, one of my constituents, Angie Leverance, bought a sweater and made them for me. Hasn't it been a fun week? I mean, come on, you know, we, we kind of get through all the nasty stuff and good old Bernie has been such a trooper about the whole thing and the Packers lost. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Thanks for your time, Bernie. Thanks for your time. Mm. 
Ah, man, one of these, I'm going to make it. Hey, let's talk about relationships today. Anybody want to talk about relationships today? Nobody does. I don't care. That's what you're here going to do because I said we are. Here's the deal, okay? Welcome to you at Homer. Welcome to Lenox. Welcome at Orland Park. I may preach like this. I like it. Um, We're glad to have you with us, and we're going to talk about relationships. Let me just start this way and prove my point. Woman is um, awake during the night. And she realizes that her husband's not there. And, uh, you know, so she goes downstairs and she finds him sitting at the kitchen table, a uh, cup of coffee in his hand, and, and he just appears to be deep in thought. And so she's, she's looking at him and staring at him, and she, watch, she watches as he wipes a tear from his eye. And, uh, you know, she's real, I don't know, what's the matter, hon? She goes, what's the matter? And, and, and he, he says, uh, I'm okay. She says, why are you down here in the middle of the night? And the husband looks up from his coffee and he says, you know, hon, it's almost our 20th anniversary and she can't believe he can he could remember and she starts to tear up and the husband says do you remember 20 years ago when you and I started dating I was 18 and you were 16 and uh, she says yeah of course I remember she's touched that you know he's being so sensitive and and she says yes I do and the husband said you know do you remember when your father caught you and me in the back seat of my car and, and, and she said, yeah, yeah I, I do. And, and, and she said, um, he said, do you remember when your father pointed that shotgun at me, at my face, and said, either you marry my daughter or you're going to prison for the next 20 years? Oh, yeah, I remember that too. And he wiped a tear away from his face and said, I would have gotten out today. <laughs> Over the next few weeks... We really want to connect with you wherever you are in your relationship journey, okay? Single, dating, married, divorce, whatever. This is not primarily about romantic relationships, but like I said in the video, we've known as we've come out of quarantine and as we're starting to come out of quarantine that there's some relationship things going on behind the scenes. So I wanted to talk about it, and I found a cool new model and a cool new way to teach about it that I think, I think will be really, really helpful. It has been for me, okay? I'm not a relationship expert, all all right, believe it or not, um, maybe only that I've been through more counseling than probably anybody in this room. So think of me like the AA group leader, you know, I've, I've got some experience that way. But the guy that wrote this stuff, Dr. Van Imp, is an is a expert at this. Over a million people have been through teaching on this model of how to do relationships. And, 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 I, and that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. So we've got a couple of books for you, um, Becoming Better Together if you're married and if you're single how to avoid falling in love with a jerk, okay? Um, And and I'm telling you, uh, I really wish, I mean, this is good for you to go together as a married couple, but if you're single, don't be like, oh, they're talking about marriage stuff again. I don't need to be there. This stuff that you could learn right now, you should get this. It's on audio book too if you want. I wish I would have had it a long time ago. I wish I could have had it for my kids, okay? And we have these available for you, and we have small groups available for you, as you've heard already at your campus, groups for singles and groups for couples so that it's not weird, okay? Uh, Somebody, you can fit in there one way or the other. Go to the booth or the lobby at the website uh, or our website, parkviewchurch.com relationship goals, okay? That's what we're gonna, we're gonna do over the next five weeks. And here's what I believe. I believe that all relationships get better when we do them God's way, 
You know, that shouldn't surprise you. I actually believe everything does, goes better if you do it God, God's way. It's seek first the kingdom of God, right? That's what I believe. And, and if you'll give us the next five weekends, I promise that we're going to help you and it won't be a waste of your time. Here's the key verse, all right? Here's where we're going with this, uh, with this one today. It comes out of Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, Okay? The target mindset we're looking for is Jesus. Shock, right? But how does it play out? And that's what we're going to talk about with this model here behind me, the biblical progression of relationships. So, so we start today with no, next week we're going to do trust, the next week rely, the next week commit, and the next week is touch. And think of each of these as you would maybe sliders on a soundboard or, or on an equalizer, okay? And they're all fluid in every relationship, okay? So like at the beginning of your relationship, everything is down here. Uh, you, don't, you haven't met each other yet you don't know each other yet and all of a sudden there's that look across the room or that you know there's that you know connection on online or whatever and you start to figure out what's going to happen and over the course of a relationship uh, hopefully by the time you get to wedding day you're you're like somewhere in here okay and, and you're you're like really excited about this whole wedding and marriage and all this kind of stuff and you go on your honeymoon and everything is up and to the right right and then what happens happens, a lot of times, you'll have a baby. Anybody had a baby? Was that good for your marriage? Yeah, no, of course not. Um, all three of my girls now have experienced it, and of course it is beautiful, and it is wonderful, and I love my kids, and I love my grandkids, but all of a sudden it starts to throw this whole thing off a little bit, right? So the baby cries in the middle of the night, and she gets up to care for the baby, and he stays in bed and um, prays for her, Okay. So, so after a pattern of this, night after night, you know, she starts to get to the point where she's like, wait a minute, maybe I didn't know him like I thought I knew him, okay? He used to be so helpful, but now he's not doing anything. And here's what I need to tell you. When this slider starts to go down, all the other ones start to go down. They're all interrelated, especially this one. This one really goes down fast, doesn't it? It's like it's got a weight held on to it somehow, that one over there. Let me give you a couple of examples, okay? It's possible that you would start to rely. This doesn't have anything to do with romantic relationships. Maybe you're just starting to rely on a person before you know them and before you can trust them. Because it seems to you that they are trustworthy and that you know them, but maybe you don't. You know, you've been talking to them online. Okay, yeah, like no one has ever lied online before, so that's a good idea. Or, or how about one of the most common romantic ones, right? And that is when you get into the beginning of a relationship, and all of a sudden you're kind of like maybe right about here, and you go for this, okay? You go for the physical relationship, the hookup right? As they call it these days. Back in my day, if somebody told me, you know, I needed to hook up, it's because I missed the top button of my Levi's. But this is what I'm talking about. You understand, right? So now you have two people that are sexually active, but they don't really, they haven't committed to each other and they can't really rely on each other and they don't really trust in each other and they barely even maybe know each other. And all of a sudden you have a problem. 
So, so, so if you understand how this stuff works, and I mean, uh, listen to me, even if you don't believe, and obviously I believe, we believe, that this is supposed to be in marriage, that sex is, is reserved for marriage, but even if you don't want to believe the Bible, if you don't, you don't want to believe this, at some point, you're going to start thinking, you're going to meet somebody, okay, you're going to have this moment over here, and you're going to meet somebody, and you're going to think, oh, this could be the one. And what, sh- what should you do? Well, let me tell you something. Take, take God out of this equation. The stats will tell you the sooner you jump into this, the more chance you have of messing up the relationship. One of my favorite Lady A songs, Just a Kiss, right, says this, Just a shot in the dark that you might be the one I've been waiting for my whole life. So baby, I'm all right with just a kiss goodnight. I know that if we give this a little time, it'll only bring us closer to the love we want to find. Country music advice for you right there. So the question of the day is, how do you get to know someone? I'll put all these back up here, and let's talk about the know for a minute, okay? We're going to talk about the know today, figure out what it looks like. Very first thing is going to seem really obvious as well, but (laughs) I did not do this right. So just go with me, okay? Uh, Make the investment of time. There's no other way to get to know someone than the investment of time. The psychologists call this the 90-day rule. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but here you go. The 90-day rule says that about half of all dating attractions are significantly altered by some newly found characteristic within the first three months. Half of dating attraction is significantly altered. In other words, within 90 days of dating someone, you are probably going to have one of those (gasps) moments when you're getting to know someone, okay? I'm not talking about six toes on their foot. I'm talking about like important stuff. How significant? It's so significant that the stats will always back up that half of all relationships, half of all dating relationships end within the first 90 days after they start. You see how that goes together? Okay. So if you're dating today, I can save you a lot of heartache by by telling you to invest time to get to know the other person before you think about going to the next levels on the chart. It's just common sense. And again, I'll tell you, I can tell you from experience as your AA sponsor, Dr. John Van Epp in his singles book that I was listening to says that the divorce rate is double for people who have been dating, who have known each other, let's put it that way, for less than two years. And it's also double for people who get married before the age of 23. I did both of those things, okay? And and obviously my wife did too, and she was actually two years younger than me. But I was the one who was pushing for it. So it was my fault. So when we started off poorly which we definitely did, it was because we didn't pay attention to common sense. Let me show you what I mean, okay? Let me ask you for a show of hands at every one of our campuses, how many single women do we have here today? Just raise your hand if you're single, okay? I'm just doing this for the single guys. Keep them up for a little bit. Okay, good. (laughs) 
All the single ladies. Okay, I'm just kidding, okay? Ladies, isn't it true that when you're dating a brand new guy, married people, you can remember this too, you're dating a brand new guy, the first thing your girlfriends are going to ask you is what? Well, let me see his picture, right? And, and, and even if he looks like that, it's not going to matter because then all they can say is, oh, he's cute, right? He has big eyes. See, I've done this before. I have three daughters. So then after they get to look at, you know, Gollum or whoever it is that you're dating, then the next question they ask is, what does he do, right? Nothing about who is he Nothing that really is going to affect, I mean, it's good if he's employed or whatever, I get all that, but what he looks like and and what he does for a living has nothing to do with how your relationship is going to go. So how do you get to know what's on the inside? How do you discover their integrity, their heart, or their character, or their spiritual commitment, for crying out loud? You do it through a full range of shared experiences over time. It takes time to get to know. Now, if you're already married, like, hey, what about us? We've been married a long time. Do we still have to spend time together? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know the, the quarantine's been hard, okay, but, but yeah, okay. But I already know him. I don't want to spend time with him. Yeah, I know, but people change. I'm always learning new things about myself, aren't you? I mean, here's what I read. The average couple in America spends 20 minutes a day in conversation, and they spend four to five hours watching television. How do you think that's going to work? I don't care if it's Netflix and chill or not, man. How is that going to work? One of my favorite books on marriage all time is called His Needs, Her Needs by Dr. Willard Hargerly. And he talks about the differences between the men and the women. And he says he found a successful thread among successful relationships. And listen to what he said. And, and, I, and this is just going to hurt, so be, pre- be prepared. This is like getting a shot, okay? I've studied couples who were dating, couples who had maintained romantic love while married, and couples having affairs, In all of these cases, I found that those who maintained their love for each other scheduled time to do it. And they averaged, are you ready for this, 15 hours a week. 15 hours a week. During that time, they had each other's undivided attention, and they used most of it to engage in intimate conversation. I know it's not always easy. Uh, I had little kids once. I mean, you know, I get it. Um, but if your marriage is important to you, you've you got to start with the no, and you've got to keep coming back to the no. And I know you're going to be like, oh, I, I don't think I can do it. Please hear me on this. Anything in your life, you're going to have to make a priority. You're going to have to decide what the priority is, okay? So leave the kids at home because, trust me, someday they're going to move to California and leave you stuck with each other anyway. So leave the kids at home and go on dates, okay? Here's what I know. Back in the day when I used to do some marriage counseling, I can't tell you how many times I heard one one of the couple turn to the other one and say, I had no idea you felt that way. 
<laughs> I'm always like, you had to come to me to figure this out? I've been married to my wife for almost 37 years, 37 years next month, and I am still learning about her. Somebody say amen about a woman. You see what I did there? Thank you. Okay, back to Philippians 2. Let's get back to the text. Okay, so what are we going to do? Make my joy complete, Paul said, by being like-minded, like Jesus, having the same love, being one in the spirit and of one mind. Which begs the question, how are you going to be of one mind if you don't know them? How do you know what's going on in somebody else's mind? Some of you know more about the Kardashians than you do your own spouse. So put your phone down and talk to them. I mean, I saw this picture, I I thought, man, this is tragic, but I wonder how many bedrooms look like this at night. This is not what it's supposed to be if we're going to know. Number two, it's going to take time, number one. Number two, (laughs) again, really deep, you got to act on what you know because you can know something and still not do anything about it. Okay, I know this is really basic, but don't make fun of me because I know a lot more than I do, don't you? I mean, if you want to have the same mindset as that of Jesus Christ, you must also have the same action in your life that Jesus did. So we go on. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you looking to the interests of others. Let me get real specific, okay? Study after study has shown, not by Christians, just in general, that the number one need a man has in his life is to be respected, and the number one need of a woman is to be loved, okay? If you've been around here for very long, you've heard me preach from the book Love and Respect, which is another one of my all-time favorite marriage books uh, by Dr. Emerson Egerich, a great book for you if you're trying to figure this out. It basically is talking about the fact that man's top need and woman's top needs are a little bit different, and we need to figure out what that looks like, which the Bible's been telling us for years, okay? Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 5, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Do you see that? What women want is love and what men want is respect. So husbands, love your wives. Don't just think about it. Don't just spend time talking about it, but show them that you love them. Wives, respect your husbands. Why would God say that? Because God built us and he knows how we work. He knows how it goes. So now that you know it, what are you going to do about it? Women, the number one thing a guy needs is respect. So what are you going to do? You say, but he makes so many stupid decisions. I know, we do, but he married you, so every once in a while he gets it right, okay? And, And this is never going to work unless you act on what you know. Shanti Feldhan was here a year and a half ago. I have her every once in a while because she's a woman, Harvard-trained statistician who did a bunch of study on this, and she asked, the most important thing about her research was she asked men from all around the globe one question, would you rather spend the rest of your life alone and unloved or disrespected and inadequate? And 74% said, I'd rather spend the rest of my life alone and unloved than to feel disrespected and inadequate. 
And women, I know you can't believe it because you want to choose love. I mean, it was always be love. Remember the Aretha Franklin song, R-E-S-P-E-C-T? Find out what it means to me. Such a, one of Billboard's all-time great songs, right? Because the, the women's movement was kind of starting to come out, and, and it became a theme song for the women's movement. The only funny thing about it is that Aretha didn't write that song. It was written by a guy. Did you know that? It was written by Otis Redding, who wrote it after his girlfriend had had a fight with his girlfriend, and he wrote R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. And apparently the girlfriend never figured it out because his next song was sitting on the dock of the bay. So uh, you got to figure that out yourself. But, but women, here's what you got to understand. Here's your homework assignment for this week. Try this. Think of, <laughs> you're, you're just going to, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I promise me this is going to work. Think of two or three things that you respect about your husband, about your guy, whatever, okay? And say, you know, I was just thinking about you and I just want you to know how much I respect you for fill in the blank. And I know you're all just kind of like smiling at me like, dude, if I do that, he's going to go, oh, well, I'm glad you listened to the sermon, right? Listen to me. L listen. Listen to me. As a guy, I can promise you he is so insecure, he won't even care. I promise you. If my wife does that to me tonight, tomorrow, I am not going to care because... I am that insecure, and I really do need that, okay? That, that, that's just something you've got to figure out. Now, guys, here's your homework for the week, okay? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to love, but don't just spend time. You've got to act on what you know, okay? There should never, okay, never be a day when your wife wonders if you love or accept her or are always going to be there for her. You've got to be proud of her in public. Hold her hand from time to time. Take her on a date every week. Oh, but PT, we, we can't afford it right now. Listen, this is the most important thing I'm going to say. Dates are cheaper than divorce. Okay? I see some agreement, okay? Dates are cheaper than divorces, okay? And I told you, every man in the world is secure. Here's the rest of that story. Every human being is insecure, and women are too. And I have three daughters, and I've been married a long time, and I can tell you there is not a woman who wakes up in the morning and says, I'm good enough, I'm pretty enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. Stuart Smalley was a guy. And it's so much harder for women today than it ever has been before. you got to show them love. And hey, guess what, guys? It's almost the end of January. You know what that means. February's coming. What happens in February? No, not green beer. Yes, it's Valentine's Day. That's the next month. Guys, we have the opportunity with our words and our looks and our actions to show love, to put her on a pedestal and make her think she's the queen of the world. We have the opportunity to tear her down or to build her up. That is in our hands. And let me add a little theology to that. She is the daughter of the king of the universe. And if you came to me back in the day and you wanted to date one of my daughters, you darn well better treat her nice. And they all did, because I had a big gun. <laughs> but think about how God feels about his daughter that you're in a relationship with. 
She's the daughter of the king of the universe, and we better be careful how we handle that. We know these things. Let's act on what we know. Do nothing, he goes on, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, value others better than yourselves, not looking to others, but not looking to your own interests, but each to the interests of others. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So how do you know and grow in the relationship? You make an investment of time, and you act on what you know, and then I think there's just one more that's really important. Know your identity. Know where your identity comes from, okay? We've talked a lot about the importance of knowing each other, and of course that's going to be your assumption when you talk about this, but you also need to know a little bit about yourself, okay? And this may be one of the biggest problems in relationships in all of history, okay? You complete me from Jerry Maguire is the biggest bunch of baloney that anybody has ever said to anybody in their life. Show me the money was a great line. You had me at hello was a great line. You complete me was a relationship nightmare. It has misled so many people for so long. Listen carefully to me now because I'm going to tell you some truth from the Word of God. The best relationship manual ever says another human being cannot complete you. And if you start to put that kind of pressure on another person to fill in to the, for the gaps in your life, you're setting yourself up for a huge disappointment. Another person cannot complete you. Only God can. C.S. Lewis said it this way, God made us, he invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on gasoline and it would not run properly on anything else. Les Parrott said this, if you try to build intimacy with another person before you have done the hard work of getting whole on your own, what's going to happen? All of your relationships are an attempt to complete yourself and they will fail. They will fall disappointingly flat if you don't understand that you are complete in Jesus already. So what am I saying? If you're you're not in a relationship right now, the best thing you could do for your future relationships is get to know yourself. Get to know God. Get to know, may you experience the love of Christ. Then you will be made complete with the fullness and the power that comes from God. Don't miss this. God is the one who completes us through the love of Jesus. How about, you know, Let the other person be themselves, you be yourself, and get to know them. But getting to know them probably means you need to get to know yourself first. That's what I'm talking about. And I think we've gotten off track a little bit because the Bible five times says that the two will become one. And I think some people think, well, what that means is that there's two halves and they have to come together. You complete me, right? That is not how it works. Nobody is a half a person. Everybody is a whole person. That verse is about how God takes us and puts us together and makes one flesh in a way that only God can do it. Okay? Back to our passage. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. 
he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He's God, and he didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but he made himself nothing. He made himself a servant so that he could save you, so that he could complete you in God. And every great friendship, every great dating relationship, every great marriage, every great relationship with God comes down to this one core thing, to know and be known and to be loved anyway. And as we get ready for communion, you need to understand that all of this is really, it's all really important. And there's so many ways you can grow in your relationships with other people. But what Jesus did for us to know us and to love us and to forgive us, that's the most important thing. So let's close with this verse that we started with. And let's think about what Jesus did for us. And let's think about having the same mindset. Here's what it says. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. So what am I saying? So tomorrow when you're, when you're snowed in and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, you have the same mindset of Jesus. What's the mindset of Jesus? He was God and he gave all that up to come down and to know and to love me. Monday, Wednesday, you're having a fight, there's stress, there's stuff going on. You're not sure what's happening in the world, whatever, and everybody's stressed out. What are you going to do? You're going to have the same mindset as Jesus, who had everything that was perfect and gave it up so he could come and know and love us. This is our goal. Let's pray. Fathers, we think about communion right now as we think about this time when we remember what you did for us. Um, it is really sobering. It is really sobering to be in a marriage. And there's people that are listening right now that are sitting right next to their spouse and, and they're realizing as we're thinking about communion, as we're thinking about what we're getting ready to do, that, that the mindset of Jesus was to give everything up and come and serve us so that he could know us and love us and complete us. And that's a lot of pressure because it's not as easy to do that with the people we're in relationship with. But this is our relationship goal. Be with us in Jesus' name we pray. I hope that you'll join us for the rest of this teaching series because, well, the thing about relationships is that none of them are perfect. God is perfect, and that's why we look to Him to help us out one step at a time. And before we sign off, I just want to say thank you to everyone who supports the ministry of Parkview. Every week, thousands of people come together to hear about God's love, and that's because of you and your decision to trust God with your resources. We believe living generously is the best way to live. So if you're ready to start giving to the mission of Parkview, just go to parkviewchurch.com give and set up a recurring gift. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord make himself known to you and give you his peace. Have a great day.